everyone, and welcome back to Voices of Western. This is the Humans of Western podcast, where we delve deeper into the lives of students, alumni, faculty, and staff. My name is Madison, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hossein. Before we begin, be sure to follow us on all of our social media, our Facebook page, Humans of Western, our Instagram page at humans underscore Western, and our new TikTok account, Humans of Western. Hossein, you can take it from here. Thank you, Madison. Today, we have Sean Hashimoto with us. He is a recent graduate at Western, and he has lots of student experiences on campus. He was a faculty staff, a leadership education facilitator, and even a previous Humans of Western interviewer. So we are very delighted to have him join us back as a podcast um, guest this time. So Sean, I will pass it to you if you want to introduce yourself and say hi. Yeah, I, I mean, before I even do that, I gotta say, you know, as, as a former interviewer, just like listening to that intro made me feel so kind of emotional and just to see how how far things have come. I'm I'm so I'm so happy to see that you know, humans of Westerns growing. Uh, but yeah, a little bit about myself. So once upon a time, I was born in Calgary. Uh, both my parents uh, two kind of uh, Japanese immigrants. Uh, eventually, I took a, a four-hour flight over to London, Ontario, uh, where I studied. I, I went to study philosophy. Plans changed. I came out with a degree in politics, philosophy, and economics. I did a couple extracurriculars uh, on my way to that. Uh, I graduated, uh, and right now I'm working in a government affairs position. So long story short, I help people make good decisions when it comes to like policy implementation uh, within their jurisdictions. Uh, but I'm also currently in the middle of studying for the LSAT because I'm trying to get into law school for hopefully next September. That's very cool. Thanks for giving this introduction. So you did mention that you're from Calgary and decided to come to Western. Um, we are curious to hear how was that decision like? <laughs> what made you pick Western out of you know, all of the places? Yeah, so uh, in 12th grade, I did not know what I wanted to do at all. So... The first application, so, so I applied to three schools. The first one I applied to was UBC, uh, and I applied because I thought, you know, Vancouver is like a nice place to be, uh, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I kind of just applied for PolySci just because it's like, I thought it wouldn't be too hard to get into. And I thought, you know, it's like, it seems like interesting enough and a lot of people do it. Uh, I had a little bit more time to like seriously think about what I wanted to do. Uh, and then I applied roughly simultaneously to LifeSci at U of T and then philosophy uh, at Western. Because uh, my, like I was a pretty sciencey kid at the time. So I thought like, you know, medicine is kind of just like what people do when they don't know what to do, I guess. Um, but philosophy I applied to because I took a philosophy class in high school and I really, really, really loved it. Um, and it like, yeah, like even I remember like sitting in the first day of class and like looking at the syllabus and being like, oh my goodness, this is going to be the best class that I've ever taken in my entire life. And it really was. Um, so I ultimately decided to come to Western because I figured, you know, if I'm going to be spending this much money doing, you know, like whatever it is that people in university do, uh, I might as well be doing something that I really wanted to do with my life. And even though philosophy degrees don't necessarily lead to jobs, I thought like I'll figure it out when I get there and just like worry about like the decision you're making right now. So that's how I ended up in Western. Yeah, I find that the application process to universities or colleges is always uh, very daunting coming out of high school, especially when you have 
really no idea what you want to do. Some people are lucky and they do know. Um, I, for instance, had no idea. So similar to you, I applied to a bunch of random programs uh, all in Ontario, but uh, still it was kind of a really big transition and not knowing what I wanted to do definitely played a big part in my anxiety going into university. You know, I so in my first year sociology class, um, the, the professor, Professor Schaefer, he, he did this thing where it's like, okay, it's so like raise your hand if you're from London, raise your hand if you're from Ontario, raise your hand if you're from, I think, Canada and then international. And I was very astonished to kind of see that like very few people, like, like rather the majority of people were from Ontario, which is to say that like most people like don't leave their home provinces, which is kind of what I picked up from your thing. Like you, you only apply to Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's, I, I find that strange. Like I was desperate to get out of Calgary, to get out of Alberta and to like see something new. So it's kind of interesting to hear that like there are people who don't share that kind of urge, urge with me. It's very cool that like you were the one who wanted to get out uh, like off Calgary and go explore a new place. Um, my story is a bit similar in the sense that my parents wanted me to get out and like explore the world. <laughs> so as an international student, uh, I decided to come to Canada. And, you know, it's, it's a great experience when you step outside of your comfort zone, you, you learn a lot, right? Um, things from setting up your bank account to, to figuring out how to budget, all of those experiences, which I'm guessing you also shared many of them since you were new to Ontario or London to be more specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, it, I had this weird moment when I was moving into Res of like seeing everyone's like parents, like help them like move stuff into their houses. And I was kind of just like hauling all this stuff on my own being like, wow, like this kind of sucks. I don't know anyone here. Um, and then just like, man, and my, 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 my roommate from first year too, uh, like he, yeah, okay. So, so, you know, you know, I, I, so I was in O-Hall uh, and I was kind of like in a double room. So I, I was the first one to get there. I was like setting up my stuff, I think. And then my my roommate comes in and he's like this like super like reserved guy. Like he like barely made eye contact with me. He was just like doing his own thing. And then, uh, and then the first thing he said, like, you know, like we, we did like a hurry, like, hey, like I'm Sean, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And like, it was like silent for 30 minutes. And the first thing he like asked me was that like like what, what like what I thought about marijuana? I believe is the first question he ever asked me, and I'm like yeah like I don't have any particular strong opinions about it. Um, and then yeah, he he proceeded to pull out some paraphernalia and perhaps consume some marijuana uh, right upon asking that question. Uh, so that was kind of you know a bit of a shock. I was like. I guess the other thing was that, like, when I applied to Western, I didn't know it had this kind of party school reputation. I, I, I knew it was a strong philosophy department is why I came here. So, yeah, I, I very quickly learned why Western got that reputation. So uh, a lot of just, like, things to get used to, like, living on your own, a lot of things to get used to, just, like, figuring out, like, you know, things like feeding yourself, figuring like out, like, how your bank account works, so on and so forth. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like in your undergrad, especially, you do a lot of learning, of course, in class, but you do so much more learning outside of class. As you mentioned, living in res, living with new people, you have so many new experiences. You're definitely doing a lot of your learning outside the classroom. And that's something that I have found throughout my undergrad experience. So it's kind of cool that we've all shared those similar experiences. Yeah, I mean, like, this is like, 
this, I, I say this half jokingly, but I'm like, why did I even go to university? I feel like the most important things that I learned were from the stuff I did around it. Like I, I like the, the, the people that I met, the experiences that I had and, and the sort of these ancillary things around the actual university experience rather than the whole like sitting in a classroom taking exams, you know, especially because my degree wasn't like engineering, for example, where I like learn how to build a bridge. It was, it was more like philosophy, which isn't too practical, unfortunately. So absolutely, it was, it was a lot more of the extracurriculars and, and the people that I met that really shaped my time here. It's interesting how I came to the same conclusion last year. So last year was like a, uh, a weird year for like for my program. Everything was online. And there was a moment of I was thinking, like, what the hell am I doing here? Why am I even studying this program and all of those? But then later I paid attention. And apparently most of my joy was coming from other positions and responsibilities that I had in university, things like extracurriculars uh, my involvement in residence and all of those things which you know i think they are very what do you call them underestimated on how much they can help you build your leadership experience your teamwork and a character basically of how to uh, work with other people so yeah that's that's a very good yeah honestly like i, I don't know like when i was again like when I was in high school like I didn't do any ex like I, I think I, I did chess club I think that was the only extracurricular I did and in my first year of university I also only did one and it was kind of like I, I really thought I was going to be like just like get through school like keep your head down like don't make any noise but yeah obviously it turned out very differently for me so and, and yeah I, I wouldn't do it any other way in fact if, if I could go back I might do more extracurriculars but who knows so speaking of extracurriculars, I'm very curious about some of your experiences. For example, I know you were a soft, so I'd love to hear about your experience on the soft team. My experience on the soft team. Softing, you know, softing is, it, it was difficult. Uh, so I was a, I was a faculty soft. At the time I was in arts. So, so, so that's where it's faculty soft. And, you know, like, O week is like all fun, right? Like you get to set up with your frosh you got to kind of like hang out with people it's a lot of fun but like once the school year starts right so like you're a student you have your stuff to do and looking back like I think I, I put too much on my plate in, in second year as well so I was softening I had a lot of extracurricular involvements I was academically overloaded as well um and so it was just like really hard to make time to like go visit my frosh um that being said, like the few times, like the, like the couple times, like a semester that I did go, like, it was like always a blast. Um, it's like always so much fun to kind of like mentor people and whatnot. Um, but, but I think kind of the thing that I took away from soften was, was when I was making that decision to, if I wanted to like soft again the year after. And so I was, I had this kind of like weird resentment of like, that sucked. Like I was such a shit soft. I never, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. I apologize if I'm not. Awesome. I was just shit soft. I like should have like visited my frosh more often, blah, blah, blah. Should have done this, should have done that. Um, but then, you know, I found out that I, I think at least three of my frosh uh, turned into softs uh, the year after. So, you know, I think part of it was like, I couldn't have been that horrible if some of my frosh turned into softs themselves. But also, you know, it's like applying again would kind of be just taking an opportunity away from like those people because, you know, I learned a lot from that opportunity about kind of like the the responsibility that comes with having a sort of leadership position like that and it was kind of like okay so like, am I gonna like do this again just so that I can like prove to myself that I can do it or am I gonna like let someone else kind of like take it from here and, and I decided like maybe that would be the the right thing to do is to let someone else take my place 
and a position like stopping it's it's like a caregiving role where you have to like provide a lot it, it involves lots of energy lots of attention and all of those things and it's very easy to fall on, like in the trap of thinking you're not doing enough or being guilty because it's rare that people appreciate you with a letter or you know like a very kind message i i'm sure they do but expression of emotions is also something that not everyone is really good at uh so i i think you did a great job you did, <laughs> you had like three thoughts joining the team so that was great um but yeah like the roles like softening is a bit difficult to be appreciated as much as we want to or would love to Yeah, like I remember just like hearing so many stories of just like I, like I don't know how to say it, just like like just like bad stuff happening in people's households or just like bad experiences like in university. And it's yeah, like like you know, like like you were saying, right? Like it's really easy to be like, you know, I should have done more, but it's like I was what, like 19 at the time. It's like what am I going to like or rather like the best thing i can kind of do is to listen and to like be there i think and i think that that was what i was able to do so yeah i i another thing that i learned i guess was to kind of be a little bit more realistic with my expectations and realize that i can't save everyone or be everything for everyone all the time you know so that was another kind of valuable experience from that Yeah. I can't speak from personal experience because I wasn't a saw. Hossein definitely has more experience being in the uh residence atmosphere, but just talking to a lot of my friends who were in the softening program and various faculties, uh they definitely said it was the scariest experience. Um kind of the sense of responsibility that you have for other people, especially during O week. Um it can also be yeah it's definitely a learning experience i feel like that's the best way to describe it yeah i i i really you know if it's the sort of thing you want to do like like if it looks appealing to you like i would definitely recommend it because it's 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 like a really good place to to grow but yeah just like again it's a lot of responsibility so just be prepared for that if that's something you ever choose to do and let's like talk about other leadership experiences that you had as well um i know humans of western is one of them you know your facilitation role with LEP is the other one if you want to talk about those briefly that would be cool too yeah um let's let's start with with LEP so the the leadership education program well i, I should start that it doesn't exist anymore it's been replaced by some couple learn to lead which i still recommend it's still a great program but uh, the leadership education program was this thing where students would kind of run these leadership soft skills kind of workshops so um like for example like we had one called stand up and be heard which was kind of a public speaking workshop so essentially i would have a couple hours to just like talk to a bunch of students about public speaking about like how to do it better we do a couple of kind of like practice sessions where like you got to like actually come up and and talk about a topic that you wanted to uh, i ran one called um, i think it was conflict management so that's pretty self explanatory so stuff like that um and that was i think that was the first extracurricular that i ever got involved in yeah so so i think that was so so there's this really like like just like a really you, you know so like nowadays right like there's all these like nice posters and like everyone like you know like especially during um election season and in all those us elections you see like nice posters and it was like nice branding but there is this like really just like 
dingy, like whatever kind of poster for this thing called the LEP. And I was like, you know what? Like I was pretty like bored with my classes. Um, I, to be honest, like I wasn't showing up to a whole bunch of them anyways. And I was like, I have a bunch of time. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this like thing out. Like why not? And I went and it was stand up and be heard. Um, and there were like four people there. It was like very like um, like not a lot of people there, but I just had like so much fun. And, and I just, I was like, so like in love with this idea of like learning to do the sort of thing that you just like never really learn in a classroom um, and to kind of like get to like grow together with like kind of like an intimate group of people. Um, and then eventually like obviously getting to kind of like stand up there and be heard um, and to like do my little speech on whatever to kind of practice my own public speaking. And then I think the facilitator is like, wow, it's like, you know, like we're going to be doing like a second round of recruiting for facilitators. So if you're interested, like you should, you should try to do that. Uh, so I went, uh, I guess they liked me enough to, to stick me on. I, to, to, to my supervisor's knowledge, I was the first ever first year student to ever be put onto a facilitator position. So that felt pretty good. Um, and then, yeah, like I did that f- forever. So in second year, I was a senior facilitator. So I was still facilitating is doing more. Uh, eventually I was a facilitator instructor. So I was teaching facilitators how to facilitate. Um, admittedly a less interesting role because I really enjoyed the aspect of like getting to work with actual students who were like learning the things for the first time. But it was like a little bit more of like softening, right? So like I had a small team of uh, facilitators that I got to kind of mentor uh, a little bit more closely. So you know, pros and cons. Uh, and then I totally would have done it uh, in, in my fourth year, but I was planning on going on exchange. So I decided to like cut off all my extracurricular commitments. And then for obvious reasons, I did not get to go on my exchange. So maybe I could have stuck with it, but I think that also opened its, itself up to kind of other opportunities too. So, so not too many regrets there. I, humans, oh yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say about the, like at the time where it was called LEP, I remember attending one of the sessions and God, I can't remember what it was. It was some sort of working in a team to um, organize a big event. We were like, one of the prompts was that we're the council team, residence council team, and we're planning for the formal. That was the first time I learned about, you know, how to work with other people to organize things, how to distribute roles. And, and that it's really possible because before that, I didn't see myself being able to execute a plan. But after that session, I was like, okay, so that's how it's done. Like you just tell someone to figure out the budget, you tell the other one to book the venue, you know, and like distribute the roles along the team. Uh, so they are, they are useful. Even recently when they rebranded to learn to lead, I also attended one of the other sessions. And uh, this is something I highly recommend to anyone who's interested in leadership, and just self-development in general. Absolutely. It's it's like a cheat code. I, like literally, like I use it at work all the time. Like when I'm interviewing for positions, like I still like think about the things I taught instead of and be heard. It's it's like like it's it's like in university, you don't really realize how useful it is. But once you like leave the university space, it's like holy crap, like that. Like thank goodness I did that stuff. Hmm. That sounds like something I wish I had really taken advantage of because I had no idea that that program existed, to be quite honest. But there, there's still time. There's still time. There's sure still there's, time. There's I could. I could. So. But yeah, hearing about like uh, public speaking, for example, I'm the worst at public speaking. I really could use some uh, help in that department. So, yeah, that's actually a really interesting program. So. But you, but you're hold on. You don't like public speaking, but you're a podcast host. How does that make any sense? Um, it's it's a part of trying to get better at it. 
I see. I see. I, see. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I remember, I guess, good segue, like, like when I was a Humans of Western interviewer, like, it was, it was actually the same thing, right? So, like, I remember, like, my first interview, like, my palms were just, like, super duper sweaty, and I just, like, didn't know what to do. It's, like, like someone would say something, and I'd just, like, I'd be, like, I, I guess I'm supposed to ask a follow-up question, but I didn't know what to ask, but it was, like, even, like, in that interview, right? Like, well, it's two things, right? It's, like, obviously, like, I relied on my on my training, so to speak, to kind of get me through that, but also, like, you know, you, you kind of learn as you go. So I think it was, again, like, Humans of Western was valuable in the sense that I learned how to like talk to strangers um, and to kind of just be okay with not knowing what the heck you're going to get out of conversation, but also again, to kind of just get better at public speaking and also figure out what the heck it is that I like in life. Because I like really enjoyed, I think more than other people, like listening to people's stories and like figuring out like what makes people, you know, what, what ticks them off, what's, what are they passionate about? Um, the way I like to describe it is like the anatomy of a decision. I really like to kind of like understand why people made the decisions that they made. Um, and I think to some extent, my decision to apply to law school was informed by that experience too, of, of wanting to be doing something a little bit more client facing. Like right now, the work that I'm doing is a lot of research thing on a computer, whereas I think in the realm of law, at least I hope, there's a lot more opportunity for me to be speaking directly with clients and understanding the needs and doing something to accommodate that. So, It's interesting because I joined Humans of Western for a very similar reason. It's been great being able to speak to a lot of people that I definitely would not have spoken to otherwise. Definitely getting to know the campus community, especially now that we're back in person, actually going out and talking to these people directly. It's been a really cool experience. And yeah, as I said, just speaking to people that I wouldn't have spoken to otherwise. It's yeah, it is daunting going up to random people and asking if they want to be interviewed. I know if someone approached me, I probably would say no, to be quite honest. But um, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. Wait, so, so so I'm presuming neither of you have been interviewed before then? No, I haven't been interviewed. Yeah, I don't think I have been interviewed either. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, because like I, I, I remember when I, so so a little bit of insider info, I guess, at least back in my day, um, one of the questions to get into Humans of Western is like, what what is your favorite Humans of Western post? I think it's, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's still there. Okay. <laughs> and I remember like, I was like deciding between like four of my friends of like, like who's interviewed to pick, but it's like, so, so clearly like, I, I remember thinking it's like, either I'm just like super unlucky or I just, I'm like giving off like bad vibes and just like interviewers don't want to come up to me and ask me questions. So, but yeah, I don't know. I was like very happy to be here because, you know, I, I get to finally like understand what it's like to be on the other side of things and to, to, you know, be interviewed and to, yeah, I, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I wonder if it would have been helpful to have this experience before having interviewed people. So, you know, maybe a future training exercise for humans of Western folks is to give each other interviews. Who knows? And, you know, like the whole process is a random thing, right? So it, it depends on the time of the day and if you're in the right spot at the right time when those people are doing the interviews to approach you. But with that being said, I think it's very cool to see yourself being out, like on a post on Instagram. Our followers are a lot. I think we have like 10K followers on Facebook. That's huge or 9K maybe. But it's very cool. If you're not following us, please do so. <laughs> please do. <laughs> to be up to date. Um, but you will Sean, not regret it. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, you did mention about you are interested in what makes people like tick or like what excites people the most. Uh, that's why you joined Humans of West. And now I guess this is a question I have for you. So in life, either professionally or personally, what excites you the most? So like in the short run, uh, I, I'm, I'm super into a video game called Super Auto Pets. Um, and, and long story short, there's, there's a shop and there are these cute little animals and you get to buy these animals and you get to like give them equipment and they go into battle with another set of very cute animals. Um, there's a new update coming for that game. I'm super excited for that. I've always been an avid video gamer. Um, but I think another kind of thing that's probably a lot more dear to my heart is honestly philosophy. I, like, I, I think I'm very lucky in that I got to study something that I really, really, really enjoyed. Um, like I just... The, the, you know, like, like I, I really do enjoy my job right now, but the one thing that I really miss is just like having a really good argument. Um, the other, this was about a month ago. I went to visit my friend in Ottawa. She's doing law school there. Um, and I got the chance to get uh, dinner with her and one of her friends in law school. So it was the three of us. And we got into this, like, I think it might've been like three hours. We were talking about the the fairness of bell curving for like three hours in this random Italian restaurant. And then it was just like, it was great. And it's, it's, it was just, we just had this like passionate debate about, you know, it's like, well, like what are the mathematical considerations? Like, and how to like apply to like these principles of justice. And it was just like, like I, if I could just do that for the rest of my life and somehow get paid for it, like I totally would. I just, I, I, I love just, yeah, a, a good argument and, and to kind of just like, thank you. It's just the best feeling is to think that you have this bulletproof argument and then to have someone just like completely shatter inside out and like it just it just feels like your brain is just like expanding tenfold then you're starting to see possibilities that you've never seen before so definitely i think those two things are the things that i'm that i'm, I'm very passionate and excited about right now definitely makes sense why you want to be a lawyer then <laughs> see here's the thing i love arguments too but then people expose different uh viewpoints and then i start questioning the, the belief or the arguments that I had for and against. So like my mind gets changed quickly on that. Yeah, you know, I, I think if you really want to like enjoy an argument, you gotta you gotta learn to enjoy that, you know, because I think like like there's a it's it's a balance, right? Like I think I've annoyed plenty of people by being so indecisive and not having like a solid stance on things. And like, you know, I'm, I'm sure if you go through my text and my conversations, like I say things like it seems to be the case or I think that or like I'm never willing to, you know, make solid statements. So, you know, I, th I think that makes me an intellectually honest person. But if you if you don't really enjoy that sort of thing, then it's, it's I can understand why this sort of thing wouldn't be wouldn't be your thing. Uh, about the video game portion, I'm just going to ask something. Are you familiar with NFTs? Is this something that you can like purchase their nfts and maybe they go up in price because nowadays this seems to be the whole conversation on social media in terms of investing goodness man super <laughs> auto pets nfts i would totally buy far too many of those but to my understanding no it's 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 not something that's that's happened yet but it is a great idea and, and i'm sure if i if i tweeted the dev team i'd be would be on it very quickly I mean, if it's a very popular game, I would assume it 
yeah, it might become famous soon. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. A good place to a good place to invest if that's what you're into. All right. So I guess we have a few like final questions for you. So after you graduated from Western, you didn't apply to graduate schools right away. Instead, you decided to go into work. And I was just curious as to why you made that decision. Um, yeah. I, so, so, so the kind of the easy answer to give was COVID. So I knew that if I, so at the time I was more seriously considering uh, a master's in philosophy. And if you've ever taken a philosophy class or specifically a seminar, like you'll know it's, it's difficult to do on Zoom because a lot of it is like exchanging ideas with people and talking to people. And there's, I, and, and my professors kind of confirmed this too. Like if you were to do this in a digital environment, you'd be missing out on a lot. So that's kind of the easy answer. Uh, I think the less easy answer was that I was a little bit naive about how difficult it is to know what it is that you want to do with your life. So I think I kind of went into the workplace expecting that I would kind of, basically that someone would take a silver platter and tell me what it is that I want to or should be doing, um, I think is one way to put it. So, you know, I kind of just like nonchalantly just like jumped into the workplace and I realized, I guess, that if I want to end up doing something I like doing, I need to take initiative and, and pursue it more aggressively and figure out what I want to do. And I think that this year has been a lot of time for me to think about, you know, like, like especially now that I have a little bit of work experience, um, to think about what are the things that I really enjoy about this workplace and what are the things that I wish were different about this workplace. So, you know, like I, I like the kind of work that we're doing. I like the sense that I'm making the world a better place, um, but I don't really love working remotely. Um, and I like I don't like that I don't get to work with clients directly very much. Um, and so kind of just like learning about that and then sitting down and like thinking really carefully about what are the sorts of jobs that would lead to that. And yeah, again, for, for a multitude of reasons, I decided that law might be, might be one of those paths for me. Um, but at the same time, like I picked up a lot of really important and interesting skills in this workplace because it's, it is very different from school. And I, I think this year of working will make me a significantly better law student. Like even the way that I approached my law school application was so much more organized and so much more disciplined, um, and very different from the way that I, um, organized my assignments just because I have that experience and just because I, like my, my life frankly is structured a lot differently now because I'm working. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Like, so you did mention about different way of scheduling your life or like how things are different now that you're working. Like, how, how is that like? What are some of those differences between school and working professionally outside of school? Um, so, so, so I'll start with what's different from me. Uh, so my job, I guess the first is that I felt a lot of pressure in my job just because like the, the mistakes I make can cost a lot of money, I guess is, is like the most obvious part of it. Um, so, you know, it's really important that like everything that I do is to the best of my ability. So like everything I do is just structured by checklists. So like whenever I get a project, it's like I need to do a sort of a, a sort of survey to figure out like, what do I need to do for this? And like, you know, like every single assignment's like, but like in school, like like in philosophy, for example, it's like like essays generally look the same, 
the contents are different, but the structure is the same. But like here, it's like every single thing that I get looks a little bit different. And every single time I need to like figure out how to push the problem. So I have to figure out how to do it, like devise a checklist. Um, and then there's always like things go wrong. Things are missing. Things get thrown at me. Again, not a thing that really happens at school too much. Like you get a civil discipline in here and we usually follow it quite, quite closely. So things like right now, like I get up at 5.55 every morning so that I can like do work in the morning before like, like other people start pestering me with like, hey, this is wrong. What is this doing? What is that doing? Um, and even just like this whole like checklist thing is bled into the rest of my life. So like, again, like with my law school application, it's like the entire thing was just dominated by what are the approach considerations? Like, what are the things I need to do? When am I going to do them? And just like a lot of, yeah, like better scheduling, um, a, a lot of that kind of stuff. But in terms of, well, actually, I think that, that that pretty much covers it. I think that's those are kind of the big differences that I felt uh, between school and and my particular workplace. Would it be fair to say that in a way there is kind of this less? There's a sense that, at, at least um, where there's less structure, so you have to kind of create your own structure in order to go about your work. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I think it depends on the workplace, right? So my mother's an accountant. So she, like, from what I know of her job, like, it's, like, every month kind of looks the same. Like, in the beginning of the month, she has these responsibilities, but, like, in, especially, so my, so my company's relatively new, and it's in, it's in its infancy. So a lot of the stuff that we're is doing is new. So it's a lot of, like, hey, Sean, like, here's a problem. I like, go figure out how to solve it. Uh, so in that sense, there is considerably less, less structure in my workplace. So it's, it's up to me, I guess, to like make that structure and make sure that things get done on time. And if I can't, then to also report that as soon as possible so that someone smarter can try to solve the problem for me. And I guess as we are like trying to wrap up the, the conversation now, what is a piece of you know, advice that you would give to students who are graduating? Uh, I know that would apply to me and Madison and there are plenty of other students as well who are graduating soon. You can share your learnings, piece of advice, anything that you deem would be helpful. I think I learned two important lessons in universe. Okay, actually, this is three things. First of all, if you are going to be looking for work directly, start looking early and try to tap into the people you already know. Like network, like, like no one likes to hear this, but like networking is important. Um, and figure out a way to conquer that fear as quickly as possible. Uh, so that's very practical advice. Uh, the second piece of, the second thing that I really learned was the importance of diversifying your experiences. So I, I think, so I'm, I'm, I'm 22 right now. So I've been an adult for roughly four years uh, and let's say I'm gonna be living to 80. So that's, that's not a lot of years of being an adult relative to how long I'll be an adult. So I, I think the thing to realize is that and, and I, I think I fell into the sky too. Like, I don't have a good understanding of my own preferences yet. And so it's like, what should you do in light of that? It's to experience the greatest breadth of things possible. So in my time doing the extracurriculars that I did, I did a couple that I just like really hated, but I was committed to them just because I made that commitment. But, but there's always something to be learned from that, right? It's so like, I wouldn't have realized just how much I hated graphic design if I didn't take a position that required me to do a whole bunch of graphic design. Um, and at the same time, like, I wouldn't have realized that I really enjoy, for example, like public speaking, if I didn't do things like LEP and Hings Western, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, so yeah, like do your best to do just the, the 
widest amount of diverse experiences that you possibly can, even after you finish university. Um, and I think the third kind of important thing that I learned in university that I wish I had kind of keyed on sooner is that this might be a me thing, but I kind of used to be of the belief that all problems could be solved through like logic and reason and, and all that sort of stuff. But I think like in, you know, especially through kind of the relationships that I engage in in university, I, I quickly realized that humans are necessarily emotional things. Um, and I think we tend to ignore that aspect, even in philosophy, there's a deep tradition of kind of saying that like, oh, like emotions are bad. And like, we should always just like focus on this like higher idea of reason. Um, but no, it's like, you, you need to, whether you like it or not, you need to live with the fact that you have emotions and to think about that. And, and I think an example that will resonate a lot with students is procrastination because procrastination is clearly irrational behavior looking at it economically. So if it's not coming from reason, it must be coming from emotion, which means if you, if you sincerely care about doing anything about your, any sort of procrastination problem that you have, which I certainly did um, a lot more so in university then the place to begin that inquiry is, is within your emotional self rather than your, your reasoning or rational self. So I think those are the three Three things I wish I knew, three things that I'd like to pass on to the two of you and perhaps any other listeners that might be keen on listening. I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I believe they're all valuable. Um, there's this thing that the phrase I heard on an Instagram video that said, you don't know what you don't know, right? And by diversifying your experiences, trying different things, uh, you get a better understanding of, hey, what it is that I might enjoy more and what it is I want to stay away from. Like I know for myself, I enjoy team building and like working with other people. It's just, it's something that energizes me, gives me lots of energy and joy to work with other people. So these are all great learnings I've developed just from being part of, you know, like Humans of Western, residence experience and all of those things. I think it's important to note rather that it's, you're continuously learning. And so the learning doesn't stop as soon as you leave university. And so that's something that I look forward to is once again, going through these new experiences after I graduate. So yeah, that was really great advice. Thank you so much. Um, So thank you everyone for listening to the Voices of Western podcast. Make sure once again to follow us on our social media and yeah, have a good day.